0: In this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about a slug's circus, revolution and renaissance, garlic, Alicia Silverstone, and most importantly, Ultra Bears, with Jason Latshaw, author of The Threat Below. Welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult. Books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Claire. And today we're going to talk to Jason Latshaw. Claire, is it time? It's time. It's time. It's time. Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) Would you rather? Yay!
0: Yay. Yay. It's time for would you rather. And this one is even more special than usual because we're joined by the author Jason Latshaw. Thank you for joining Yay! us.
2: Thank you for having me. I can't wait. It's very exciting to be part of a Would You Rather.
1: Oh bless. we'll
0: have we'll have to, you know, check with you at the end of Would You Rather to see if you know, see if you survived, see if you're okay. Cause it's serious. What is our first question?
1: Let's ha- start with a horrible one. Yeah, On please. social media, we asked Would you rather drink poisoned water or eat leaves and slugs? Oh. <laughs> On Facebook, 40% said water, so 60% said slugs. On Instagram, 39% said water and 61% said slugs. On Twitter, 33% said water. And 67% said slugs. And on TikTok, it was 55% for water and 45% for slugs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's gourmet food time. I'm Mm. going to give you the comments.
0: Yes, give us comments. Colin
1: on Facebook said, Well, I know the poisoned water is going to kill me, Yeah. Well, it's gotta be slug and leaf time. It's kinda like to chop up the slugs and cook them through, maybe saute them with a little garlic. I know supplies are limited, but there are some things I am not willing to accept, and one of those is a lack of garlic. Sort it out for me, please, now. It's not established in the book if there's no garlic. You could get wild garlic, (laughs) so it might be possible.
0: I feel like they don't have garlic.
2: There is no garlic. I can tell you for sure. There is no garlic on top of the mountain. Maybe down below there's garlic, um, but absolutely no garlic up there. Unfortunately, doesn't doesn't grow there. Top of
1: the mountain, then.
0: How could you do that? (laughs) How could how could you deprive them of garlic? You deprive them of so much. Give them garlic. Black
1: garlic. Oh, elephant garlic. Yeah. So there's so many varieties.
2: <laughs> I don't even know what elephant. <sighs> <variety is. laughs> but uh, I mean, unfortunately, they are just being deprived of so many things up there. There's there's a little bit of honey, a little bit of acorns. They don't even have water anymore. So it's a tough life, in on the top of. The
1: lemons? Do they have lemons? Maybe nice no sl- lemon drizzle. No, no, that's not gonna grow on top of the mountain. No, I don't, no, no I'm lemons. not, not The
2: Distant memory of lemons is all. About. <laughs> no, there's nothing. This, this food does not taste very good on top of the mountain.
1: Well, we know this, but unfortunately, the rest of the commenters don't know about this.
0: That's true. That's true uh brie tart on instagram said slugs and leaves cook the slugs well enough make sure the leaves are kind of fresh and dry toss in a lot of desperate imagination and it's like eating a soft taco from taco bell (coughs) that's incorrect
1: (laughs) it's not the same i have never been to taco bell crinoline lafroy on instagram Yes. She says, poison water. I could do the leaves easily because I'm veggie, but slugs are slimy. I feel about slimes, like Ridiculous Amanda feels about face tattoos. Oh. Is that I... sick or angry? Because you got very angry when we talked face tattoos.
0: I do not like a face tattoo, so...
1: I'm not a
2: fan either.
0: It could be... Right? No, No one, no sane person should have a face tattoo. Nah. Stop it.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> It's not,
0: mm.
2: I don't know. There's something about the permanence of it that really upsets me. I, I would do a temporary face tattoo. That would be fun for like a day or two, but it's such a decision for the rest of your life. You shouldn't be making decisions like that for the rest of your life.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah? Cause just imagine what you would actually get tattooed on your face and then sticking with that for the rest of your
1: life. It's It's not a good idea. I yeah. found myself the morning after we, we had that discussion in the schoolyard looking at other parents, and some of them do have face tattoos, and I'm kind of like, a bit too creepy, so I had to stop.
0: I don't think I've ever seen a face tattoo in real life, oh. like on an actual person. Oh, I have. I have. Are they going to be listening to this episode where we <laughs> trash face tattoos? I don't think the are great. I don't think
2: so. <laughs> I don't think it's the the same audience, but... I live in Los Angeles, okay. so I definitely okay. see, a, a, you know, a fair amount of people with face tattoos. No doubt about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yikes. And I'm just a snob, so. <laughs> <sighs> um, what
0: is another good comment that we need to read? L20Kev on Instagram said, it would have been slugs and leaves, but a few weeks back, I went into my back garden barefoot and stood on a slug, hidden in the grass, and it squished between all my toes. I never get that squeamish, but it made me feel sick. It was that sticky and slimy that by the time I got inside, all the twigs, soil, grass, and moss had gotten stuck to my foot and toes. So I looked like I was Groot's cousin. So I pick. Poisoned water, and I'll drink a tiny bit each day and build up a tolerance so one day I can trick someone like Vizini and Fezek into a game of poison water Russian roulette. Wow. He's really thought this through. Your commenters
2: are very smart. I have to say, like, this is seven, you know, tiers above your normal commenter that I read. So I, bravo. These are
1: so smart. I'm very impressed. He's obviously, he's obviously very, very traumatized by the experience as well.
2: He must it's be. actually, the same he thing has happened could. to me, actually. And I have to say, it's it's just as bad as described. It's the worst thing that can happen. One of the worst. Yeah, it's terrible.
1: Ugh. I took a picture. Did I send you the picture of the giant slug I found in my bed, my back garden?
0: You did. The one that you could see like through the window and on the ground from inside your house. It was huge. It
1: was huge. Absolutely massive. And it was the same week that we were reading the book oh, as wow. well. And it's like... This is weird, and I tried to use the picture I took as the picture for the "Would You Rather," but I couldn't get the resolution quite so well. Mm. And unfortunately, haven't seen it since. I think Bert might um. have got it. I, I won't go in the back garden without shoes on at the moment because I've got images of standing on it. Ice might have come and eaten it. Oh, I should have fried it up, shouldn't mm-hmm. I? You could, yeah, mm. you should have. Do we want to sing Constance's out? kind of have I to, don't, don't we?
0: I mean, we kind of have to, but I don't know. We need to give you a little bit of backstory. Okay. Several episodes ago, we, we challenged one of our listeners to only reply in song lyrics to our Would You Rathers. And so she has been. She's been sticking with it, and it's mostly terrible. So here's her comment this time. Claire, do you want to sing it? Oh, I've got to remember the
1: tune. <laughs> Constant Dy- Constance Diamond on TikTok says With a taste on your lips I'm gonna ride You're toxic, i under With the taste of a poison paradise I'm addicted to you <laughs> Hashtag free Britney wow. I don't, but what's I'm sorry for singing, water, I'm sorry though. I guess that's,
2: they're choosing water I guess Constance is choosing water I,
0: Yeah, I think it's the poison, yeah. the poison paradise. I think wow. is, that's her clue.
2: Well, you know, if if drinking water has a theme song, that's definitely you know a plus for drinking water, <laughs> even though it's poisonous, <laughs> right? The slug doesn't have a theme song. It, maybe it could use one, but it does not have one so far. <laughs> <laughs> were on Sesame
1: Street. There's gonna be. I bet there's a slug song there's on just, Sesame Street or something. There's yeah. gotta be. There's yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, and what's even great, okay, so those were all really fantastic comments from social media. However, I wrote this on on the wall in my break room at the library that wow. I work at and got some really great comments from there wow. as well. <sighs> Namely, water is easy to down. Slugs would for sure make me gag, yuck. Um, diarrhea for days afterwards through poison water. Just plug your nose and do it real quick like a shot. And then there's more slugs being like escargot and leaves being like salad, so it could be delicious. Lots of, lots of good comments.
1: My favorite one was just texture issues.
0: Yes, texture (laughs) issues. They're definitely choosing the poison water because of slug texture issues. So great. I love working in a public library (laughs) and making people read the things that we talk about on Fictional Hangover.
1: (laughs) So. Yikes, now it's time. Now it's time.
0: We're going to make you go first. Are you drinking poisoned water or are you eating slugs and leaves? Well,
2: you know what's so funny is, um, you know, obviously I wrote the story that this Would You Rather came out of, but I never thought of this as a Would You Rather. But I have to say it gave me some very profound insight because I was thinking, you know, I, water's one of my favorite things in the world, by the way. I love water, it's cold, it's refreshing, I think it tastes fantastic. So if you've got this like really delicious, wonderful short-term joy called water, but you know in the long-term it's gonna kill you versus like a slug, which is totally disgusting, right? but it's packed with protein, it has water in it. The leaf, you know, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, a short term purchase versus saving for something over time. It's like, you know, it's, it's like a whole instant gratification versus delayed gratification. But, so I have to say, but here's the thing too. I actually really like slugs on a personal level, which would also make killing and eating a slug really difficult because I used to collect slugs as pets when I was very young. And so it would make me very sad to kill a slug. I used to catch slugs, okay? Because I lived on kind of a, my parents had like 30 acres and it was really special to me. I would go out and I would catch slugs, and I would collect them. And the saddest thing in the world is I got it in my mind that I would be able to do a slug circus, kind of like train them to do tricks. And so I made these little ramps and I made these little like, and I tried. And the thing is about slugs is they don't do anything. You can't train them at all. They barely even, they don't even move. And so this actually has a very sad ending because I was trying to show my older brother who unfortunately growing up was a bit of a bully my slug circus. And he was like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. Why would you do this? I said, well, just give me time. I'm going to train them to do tricks and you're going to regret it. But then he poured salt on them and he killed them. (gasps) So, so this would you rather is actually delving into a lot of early trauma for me, but, but I'm going to have to say, and, and actually, the slugs in this Would You Rather, if you ever want to look them up, they're kind of, in my mind, they're based on the banana slugs in the Northern California area, which are actually, like, beautiful slugs. They're, like, this bright mm-hmm. yellow, and they're really cool-looking, and they're, they're actually really special when you find one. anyway
1: Oh, wow. I've just Googled.
2: Yeah, they're super cool. They're cool. They're bright yellow. They're awesome. Um, anyway, to all oh, that being said... I, I would be tempted to say I would just fast for 30 days, you know, but except for you can't really fast from water, you, that's not going to work. So I guess I'd eat the slug, but I wouldn't feel good about it, and I really wouldn't enjoy it at all on any level. like very long-winded answer, and I'm eating the slug like pretty much at the point. That was a
1: perfect out. answer. It was perfect. It is. It, it had fits history. right in. It had context. It had <laughs> seasoning.
2: It had it all. It had it all. Also, I have really sensitive tastes. I'm a really bad eater, so... I don't even know how this would work to be honest with you because I feel like you have to commit to actually eat a slug. I'd probably swallow it whole. Be honest with you. That's what I would do. Mm. That's what I am.
1: Yeah.
2: I end up swallowing a lot of things whole, but yeah. normally you need water to swallow things whole. So that's a problem. But anyway, that's my answer. Slugs and leaves, very problematic eating that slug, but needed for survival. So I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ugh. I feel like I've been thinking about this one for nearly a week. What are <laughs> and I've, doing? Toed and I've toed and fraud. I've toed and fraud. I've gone back and forth. And I think I've committed to slugs and leaves as well, going down the escargot route. I've eaten snails before, like, you know, actually cooked snails in garlic butter. Very delicious. Yeah. yeah. So, what's a slug? I mean, I know there's no garlic on this mountaintop, so I'm a little upset. Yeah. <laughs> But maybe the leaves can be like ground up a little bit. You know, I can do something with it. You can you can be resourceful in nature. It's fine. Because yeah. at least, you know, like you say, it's got the protein. It's the nourishment that you need. It is. It is. It's, it's not the poison that I don't need. <laughs> so, yeah, slugs and leaves. Slugs and leaves. What you guys you, are nuts.
0: I'm drinking the poison water. Look, Margin survived. She was fine- she was able to, you know, rally up against Trenton, collect some guns. She was fine. So. Wow. So I'm drinking the poison water. I, Look,
2: I have to say, and this is not a spoiler for book two, but early on in book two, you realize there are further consequences for everyone who drank that water.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you committed. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine.
2: It's fine well, once you once you begin book two get back to us and say if you're still drinking that water
0: oh my god i feel like i'm definitely gonna regret my decision
2: i mean i don't know it, it's a lifestyle choice we'll see, we'll
1: see. <laughs> <laughs> no if you put it like that that's that makes it sound much more intriguing
2: <laughs> once you see what it is it'll make sense
0: <laughs> oh my god okay dang it <laughs> i know like can we can we hurry up this conversation along so I can go and pick up book two, please? Because I need to know what's going to happen to me.
2: Exactly. <laughs> personal.
0: It is. It's personal now. Yeah, it is.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. Next question. Okay. Would you rather be a cognate or a veritas?
2: So I mean, it's not really a spoiler to tell you that the distinguished the distinction between cognate and veritas is completely like imaginary or imposed right like they're they're not actually different kinds of people or anything like that um so i think as someone who more naturally lives in my head a little bit more than in my body and is working on that (laughs) um i think that i i mean i think that i'd probably rather think of myself as a really smart veritas um Veritas are like the, you know, the physical, smart, strong people, I mean, physical and strong people, brave. Because also I think Cognate, it's like, and Iceland goes through this, right? Where it's like, if everyone tells you since you're young that you're gifted and talented, and then when you're older, you don't really accomplish all that much, I think that's really crushing. But if everyone tells you that you're not all that smart, and then you actually are smart, kind of feels like that's an easier place pressure-wise to be sometimes. So um, I think, I think that if I had to choose, like being like an Adirane who's like always been encouraged to be strong and brave, but also is very smart and he knows it because he has that confidence would be a little easier. I mean, obviously in this society, it would be easier to be a, um, a cognate, right? Because you get all the benefits and everything, but But some of that isn't true because, like, they're not even allowed to do physical things. And I think that would be a real bummer. So I think I would choose Veritas because I think they're cooler, you know, and also, like, Mm -hmm. you know, they've got, like, secret religions under, you know, I just think Veritas are a little cooler and Cognate are a little, like, stifled. Um, But I'm afraid that I'm a Cognate, but I'd like to be a Veritas. That's That's my answer.
0: I'm sorry that you're afraid that you're a cognate and it's really cute that you said that <laughs> I, my answer was going to be very similar going with Adirane, because that, that scene where he's like hey you know what i took the cognate test and i'm actually smarter than you so back off like i love that i love that like just rub it in her face yeah
2: and i love the like ex- oh, she was ex- so not happy existential crisis that with that threw Iceland into who never doubted that she was the smartest person in the room and now has to wonder about it. Um,
1: now you yes. see, I think she got automatically given 20 points for being who she is, the daughter of who she is. And I was like, wait, well, it's kind of like you've walked into the class with an automatic A and that A is you, for you to lose, not for you to attain where he's walked in and he's attained the A grade. She's automatically been given it. So I was kind of like, well, they're going to find out that was actually a rigged test and you're really not that smart. Because kind of she wasn't that smart throughout the book. <laughs> yeah. No. See, I was thinking cognate, But because you've got access to all of that knowledge and those resources, and you can essentially order people around because it's a class system, and then start a rebellion, because who doesn't love a coup? I know, it's
2: true. Although recent events... Recent events here in, our con- in well, in America have made coups seem a little less cool to me, but I agree with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that is true. <laughs> the timing of it and the people who tried to stage it were, what's the word? Dumb? moronic. Oh my God. I have thoughts and feelings. Yeah. However. Okay,
2: we don't need to talk about it, but. but-
1: I'm in the UK and I, I feel like Guy Fawkes had a, had a plan. I Just agree. saying.
2: I agree. Like the whole V for Vendetta thing is a whole lot cooler than anything that's happened in America in the last year. For me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If that was to start up again, start up, I wouldn't be so opposed to it. But you know, I'm different country. <laughs>
2: no.
0: You know, they're a lot. They were. They were a lot more well dressed in you know V for Vendetta
1: and, oh, and all yeah. that stuff. It matters. Uh, yeah, the Better places
2: matter greatly when it comes.
1: Yeah. You, if you're going to stage a coup, you've got to stage it looking fabulous. That's Right. <laughs> right. Or else, what's the purpose? exactly there's no
0: there's no purpose but i mean i'm definitely going to wear a horned furry hat if i if i can i've got a lot of horns and a lot of cosplay stuff i mean
2: (laughs) no honestly if if they all had been wearing horns and like furry hats I would have been down for that a lot more than what actually ended up happening, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It could have been more exciting instead of just really, really
2: sad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but all that to say, <laughs> yes, uh, normally a coup is always. Cool, <laughs>
1: you know. But we're in a fictional world here, so it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, we'll get. Well, we can. We can get. You know, Jonathan Van Ness to come along and the queer eye guys. They'll dress us as cognates. And then we'll stage the coup, and we'll look fabulous doing so. Yeah. yeah. And you know, there's some really handsome cloaks <gasps> available. Ooh, oh
2: my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I would love to. I mean, like you mix like a Renaissance with revolution, and I'm there for there, like a Renaissance yes. fair and a revolution. Yeah. Pretty much my perfect day.
1: We need to set that up. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: I, I I'll, co- I'll I'll I'm coming. Okay. You'll I need to call that. a Ren fair. Yeah, you do need to go to a Ren Fair. Yeah. Okay, what's what's our next question? Would you rather explore the Drowned City or an a priori neighborhood?
2: Oh my goodness, well for me it's like I'm obsessed with the ocean, I'm obsessed with water, I'm obsessed with ruined places, which obviously the a priori neighborhood is as well. But it's the Drowned City for me. Like That place is so fascinating to me and I would absolutely, I mean like shipwrecks and and you know underwater ruins it's just all very fascinating to me and the fact that like there's parts of it still above the water that creatures are living in I'm there for the rest of my life like I would love to be in the drone city for sure for sure
1: mm. I, I I'm the same I, I think if it I got a, like an Atlantis feel from it yeah um and it felt like the type of place that no matter how much you explore, you're never going to see all of it, or you're going to always find, you'll walk the same street again and again and again, and you'll still see something new every single time. It was like, it, I don't know, I just felt like it was, like I say, Atlantis it was like Greek and Roman underwater city of just ostentatiousness.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, I also love, I love that there's so many different kind of elements shaping what it looks like, like So first of all, it's like it's a city that was made by humans at one point, but now you have all the forces of the ocean kind of like beating against it and changing it and like salt like crusting on the windows and like seaweed. But then you also have the creatures that live there that are building their own little buildings and bridges and like temples. And I mean, it's all just fascinating to me that I would, I would pay money to be able to I would pay lots of money to be able to uh, explore the drowned city for sure. And then the underwater world with all the sea life and everything. I mean the whole thing is Wow, who made that place up? That that person must really be a genius. I know. What a place.
0: What well, <laughs> that person must be really great. I don't know.
2: I would love to be that guy's friend. I'd love to I'd love to <laughs> participate in a coup with that guy. That would Wow. <laughs> as long as
1: it's as long as his caps and that coup were fine. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Amanda? <laughs> Look, I was really fascinated
0: with Terrain exploring the houses and like getting super excited about the TV and then crashing through the floor and killing a bear. I was I was into that. Me too. Um, so like I kind I kind of want to explore the neighborhood, especially um when Ice and Adarane go into. Abishane's house and you know they don't know that it's her house and they're like oh there's a record player and there's music and like there's all of this neat stuff and then they're talking about (laughs) they're talking about gods who use hammers like what even is this? Why would you choose a God who uses a hammer? And they're like, i want to use a mixer. Like, I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed all of that. And I was just thinking like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to like pretend that I don't know what any of this stuff is. And then just imagine God's ruling with blenders. Yeah.
1: So that's what I want to do. I like it.
2: Yeah. Not a wrong answer for sure.
1: <laughs> it's a little bit. Ariel, the little mermaid, you went there with like, I'm I, gonna use this yes, for. But away. don't
0: put me in the drowned city. Don't put me underwater. Because you know what, guys? There's really big sharks that live there.
2: Huge. Mammoth sharks yeah. that have just been dominating the ocean for centuries. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real concern.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I'm gonna, even though there are bears in the neighborhood, you know.
1: Bears or sharks?
0: I like yeah, bears or is sharks? You that this is a this is, this is a different would you rather, <laughs> rather question. Yeah. Bears or sharks?
2: If, if terrain, if terrain's able to take care of the bear, however accidentally and fortunately, like terrain would not be able to kill one of those sharks. So I think you have to choose a shark, or I mean, you have to choose a bear as what to fight against.
1: No, yeah. yeah. you see, I think it'd probably be easier to take a shark down because you hit it on the nose and you, you push it backwards; it'll drown. Um, a bear is a lot more dangerous
2: yeah it's true and the bears there would be pretty mighty too because they you know the grizzlies that used to be in california were just like monsters so exactly
0: and this is definitely not an ultra bear we're fighting oh my god i can't wait to talk about ultra bears just (laughs) so that's my favorite thing that's my favorite thing about these about this book is the ultra bears (laughs) i love it so much i love
2: that you love the ultra bears because i do too yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh my god I love him okay next question would you rather live on mountaintop or down below
2: yeah so absolutely for me so I'm fascinated by mountaintop I would love to explore it I'd love to see it really really would love to but to live there I would want to live down below it feels so constrained at the top of mountaintop it feels so monochrome to me kind of like not much water not you know it's just like a tough life i think up there where down Mm -hmm. below is the world you know and it's daint. well i mean so you would definitely say it's a lot more dangerous down below because it is but it's Mm -hmm. also much more alive and so i think i would hope that i could survive there and thrive like i'd want to be down below no question the way Mm i feel about
0: it look that's where the garlic is (laughs) no it's so true
2: (laughs) <laughs> that is where the garlic- that's what i'm picking yeah yeah
0: that's what i'm picking based on the garlic and the, yeah the yeah. garlic so, alone the
2: mixers are there you know <laughs>
0: the mixers my mixer is there
2: <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, um so yeah down down below it's just uh i have a definitely an inclination towards exploration i'm not someone who wants to stay in one place so You know, I mean, really, you could say that the whole book in some ways is inspired by that, because, you know, I grew up in a very small community um, where it was like, it's dangerous out there. Everyone stay here, stay safe. And, um, you know, that feeling of like jumping over the wall and seeing what's out there, seeing what's below the clouds is very intoxicating to me. So um, even though I know it is dangerous, but... See at the same time, like even though it's dangerous, it's like Iceland wouldn't even know who she truly is if she didn't do that. So deep themes going on here, but yeah, going down below for sure. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thing is, though, I mean, Iceland's different. She's come from the mountaintop to down below. But if you grow up in down below, you are aware of the dangers, and it's like taught. It's part. The dangers are in fact part of your culture and heritage that you learn to deal with them you learn to live with them you adapt around them whereas on the mountaintop you haven't adapted at all you've closeted yourself in
2: Mm. yeah
1: and is that necessarily a good thing
2: i would say that it's probably not (laughs) you know yeah
1: mixes garlic and adventure
2: the holy. yeah like
1: yeah and not poisoned water (laughs) Trinity. (laughs)
0: <laughs> also could you imagine like having lived down below and you know you've aspired for your entire life your entire very long life to get to mountaintop and then you get up there and you're like damn yeah.
1: okay never mind know, so <laughs> True. mountaintop feels like the type of place where you have to take your shoes off before you're allowed in and you know, there's coasters everywhere to make sure that your cup doesn't leave a, a ring. You know, it, it almost cu- like it's a show the home. The sofas,
0: the sofas are covered in plastic. Yes, you're not yes. allowed to be
1: comfortable there at all. No, not at all. Every there's so much that's for sure, and it's like, no, this is our good china. This is these are our good tea towels. We don't use those. Love <laughs> it. And the toilet rolls, not that they would have toilet rolls, but they would have like covers over them. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to decorate them. Yeah. Yeah, it's very it's very proper
0: there. Yes. You can't even sing. You're not allowed to sing. And look, I can't sing very well, but
1: I don't want to not be able to. <laughs> oh, I was driving around today and piping out those tunes with the window open on the car, and I cannot sing a tune as we have demonstrated. Thank you, Constance. Britney Spears. But I'll still do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean for me the idea of a society outlawing singing is uh that's one of the worst things probably that they can do. Because and I know you know, and physical touch and you know, but it's just it's basically as I see it, Mountaintop is really trying to separate itself out from anything that's like remotely animalistic about being a human, you know. And so absolutely, but but a lot of the fun things about being human are some of the more physical you know, I, you know. Those are the those are the making
1: people so unhuman. Though they're taking all the yeah. stuff to make you like d- define humanity, but they're taking everything out and then creating something new. And it's that's not what humans are. You've got to have that impulsiveness and that creativity and that mess. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you do read the second book. You see that all of those decisions that Mountaintop made early on that make them who they are now were all kind of born out of a very specific heartache and regret. So you'll see, it's it's mm. it's, it's um, but it does. It makes them their life is like not really completely worth living in some ways. I would say
0: mm. because of it. Okay, so is this over so I can go start book two? Wait, no, no, no it's not. We still one have more, more one go. more.
1: <laughs> no, we've, we've got way more questions to go. Oh, we're here for a while. We are. Last, Last. would you rather? Would you rather be Crothus or Unagwin?
2: So th- this is such a good question. Because at first I thought, um, obviously Unagwin, right? I thought that at first. But then I thought, you know, kind of with what you were just saying, like imagine you grow up your whole life just wanting to get to this place that you think is paradise with a person that you think loves you. And then you get there and it's just not what you thought it would be. And that person's not even there. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of heartache. Like I think the Aneguin life is really painful. And the Crothus life is like, they've accepted that they don't have a God that cares for them or heaven to go to. But because of that, they can kind of like spread out and live life um, on its terms. So it's a little difficult. I think, I think it's hard to choose between like, do you have the hope and the faith that there is something better and that there is a love that, that you can aspire to. And you kind of are energized by that. But then when you get there, it's gone. It's doesn't, it's not what you thought it was. Although in some ways it is whatever, with with with, oh, you still have Iceland, which is what it is. Um, or are you gonna be a Kratos, where you get to kind of be god of your own destiny? Um, I actually don't know if there's a great answer. To that I feel like that's one of the like human essential like uh, struggles of being human. Like you have to solve that in your life almost all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I was raised in a very religious community and I haven't like, I mean, even though I've kind of like wrestled with that my entire life and don't, and I'm not part of that community anymore, I'm, I haven't completely walked away from it either. So I think I'm partial to, well, I haven't completely walked away from the idea of faith. I think I'm a little partial to O'Mathis and the Oneguyen, but, um, there's a part of me that would really enjoy just being a Crothus and just living that life. Oh boy, I'm really not even answering your question. I think I'm going to pick Anneglin, Anna but it's not an easy one, obviously, as I have demonstrated.
0: <laughs> See, now, based on your answer, I'm being Crothus, because they they have their own stuff going on, and Amp, you know, he... He gets like really violently betrayed there at the end with, uh, yeah. with the canisters of poison. Um, but <laughs> yikes! You put but, it so um, nicely, <laughs> right? Like you know, he's he's he's. They made it up there, and he's like he's being soothed, and he realizes, oh, you know, maybe maybe it's not so bad. And then they're all poisoned. So um, I think like he had he was a he was a good leader to his people, as violent as they they might have been, and you know what they were doing, but they had families mm-hmm. they they grew, they learned they learned to poison people um yeah, they did they did they yeah. so i mean i think I think that's that's what I want to be and also like I always choose the villain if i can and you know, there there are multiple villainous people in this one. But, you know, they're kind of the bad guys for a lot of it. So,
2: yeah, it's not bad. It, and so you're going to really enjoy the second book. I'll just tell you that. Like, I can. I mean, your answers.
0: I'm already you're, excited. Yeah. So really it's getting better every time.
2: Um, I love Amparis. And, like, I have so much sympathy for that guy. So, yeah, and you're not making the wrong decision, for sure.
0: Thanks. Good. <laughs> I feel validated. Yeah. I was going to say you you feel better thought? So you were
2: you were just waiting for that proclamation so I felt like I had to make it didn't want to make it Good. any longer, you know. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. I needed it. <laughs> sure.
0: Someone has finally validated my need to be a villain.
2: <laughs> I mean villains are almost always the mo- more interesting character. Um, they, really- they really are.
1: It just means you'll have an excellent backstory. Yeah right yeah. like and he lived through some crap
0: okay
2: yeah and yeah he really did i mean <sighs> am paris and he <laughs> No, i'm excited about you i'm excited to talk to you after you've read the second book because um <laughs> you learn more about what he's been through and you learn more about what he's going to go through And it's just like am paris is such a sympathetic character i love the guy yeah.
0: okay good i'm glad i'm i'm glad i chose what i chose yeah
2: thank
1: you
0: Get ready for me to, like, message you on all social media, like, oh, my God, I just got to this page, and this is happening, so just get ready, for, ready it. for
1: it. I'm ready for it. Can't wait.
0: <laughs> now that you're part of our family, that's what you get. Yeah,
2: well, that's what, that's infinite story. That we message each other on social media all the time, so I'll, I'll fit right in.
1: Okay, good.
2: Good.
1: Claire, what are you doing here? Uh, same as you, Um. Okay. more inclined towards the villainy in this piece than in yeah, it just seems more interesting to be a crotus than any other because, yeah, just exactly what you're saying. Just reiterating what you're saying. And to be fair to you, Jason, you sold me, so thanks for that sales pitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, also, you know, if I if I get up there. And I'm, and I'm up on mountaintop, and I'm, you know, having a battle. If I just accidentally got to rip Trenton in half, I'd be okay with it. Of
2: course. Oops. Accidents be happen. Off. The world would be better off. I, yeah. So I think it's interesting, because I I actually think Trenton is a villain that nobody likes, in my opinion, so far, at least. And, and, and like, I do think that, like, Amperous is a villain that you can very easily like, but Trenton is one that's yeah. just, like, I just think he's awful, you know. He's anyway. I don't think anybody would be um, upset to see Tranton ripped in pieces.
0: No,
1: no, not at all. Oh, are, God, I cannot.
2: They're exactly the kind of people that live to be like ninety-five years old. So um, that's just the way it is.
1: I'm thinking barrel shock.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let the let yeah. decide between the two of them. But uh, Tranton does not die early. Unfortunately, he's a he. he Come on. He sticks to <laughs>
1: We need to rewrite. <laughs> yeah, a rewrite. We do. We just send we... out some errata. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, do page do one, of... chapter one. <laughs> this happens. Please continue with the rest of the give me, story. Give me
2: some notes. I'll, I'll give you a, a customized version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what we need. That is really what, we need.
2: what if universe. What if Tran dies on page one?
0: Oh, it'd be so great. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Um this is totally like probably completely wrong, but um Tranton really gave me um what's the guy? What's the like the smarmy gross guy from um Desolation of Smog? The guy who's like trying to sneak away with the women what is his name? Um it's like Lick oh. Lick Splittle <laughs> or like some Who's that? That's that's Tranton in my head. That is who I imagine no, the I've whole gone, time. He's I've just gone like to some, the rings
1: not not the hobbit.
0: Yeah, he's he's just like some sleazy gross guy who just oozes out yeah. of the corners and tries to undermine people. That's him.
2: Grimy worm, worm tongue is also another Worm yeah. tongue. Is- yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fine too. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean in my mind Trenton is just like a completely self interested adult who convinces himself he's never wrong and everyone else, you know, just one of those people that you meet, like actually Tranton for me is based more on people that I know, but people that like never take responsibility and they're kind of maddening to even talk about because like to talk to, because the more you talk to them, you're like, wait, am I the crazy one here? No, no, you're you're not doing the right thing. So-
0: No, you're actually awful. Yeah,
2: but like he can almost convince you like, oh, maybe I'm making all this up in my head. And that's like kind of the thing he does with Iceland where he's just like always trying to like make her feel like, no, what are you even talking about? There's nothing wrong here. And she knows that there is. And he's just, I feel like he um, starts in a place of kind of weak, even though he, eh, but then he tastes some amount of power and it becomes intoxicating to him. So he tries to grow it and grow it, but I don't really like, and this isn't, I don't, I don't feel like this is a flaw in the writing or anything, but I don't like Tranton at all. Um, and I feel like I have enough villains, quote unquote villains that I do really like. Um, but Tranton is someone that I just really, but, but I think he's authentic to a lot of people that I feel like I've interacted with. So that's why, you know, he, he and Nicholas both are just characters that I cannot stand. But- like, Oh man,
0: Nicholas is such a- Vineless Weiner. Yeah. I can I couldn't. <laughs> He's the
2: worst. <laughs> He's the worst.
0: <laughs> but that, like, that, that's a. That's a sign of a good writer that you can write someone that people hate so much. Wait, not even like
2: hate in a way that they love, like Hannibal Lecter. It's like no, you just
1: hate right. Him. You
2: just hate them. You
1: just hate them. <laughs> yep.
2: Exactly.
1: See, I like those wow. Well, See, I like those characters. But I like feeling that when I'm reading a book, I like to hate, if I want if I'm gonna hate somebody, I like to just straight up hate them. I yeah. don't want to have sympathy for them. I don't want them to have a redemption. Yeah. I hit one of the worst things for me in a book is where they have this horrible bad guy that you hate and hate and hate and they're like oh but he's got these reasonable excuses for being this horrible and now we're gonna give him a redemption story i'm like no i just want to hate the guy
2: no exactly i agree with you um and i i don't want to speak badly of it but like (laughs) i i wasn't crazy about the uh prequel to hunger game stuff for that
1: reason it's like i just really hate present. Oh, <laughs> oh you should hear our episode
0: <laughs> yeah we uh that is one of the books that we have covered that we both legitimately hated yeah normally like you know there might be something that we find that we don't really like but we're able to pluck out things that we do enjoy and you know actually have a good conversation about it but my gosh did we hate that book
2: i just don't even understand i i don't know I, it's like i i really don't like speaking badly of other writers and i think suzanne collins is wildly talented like i love the hunger games books but that choice of just taking snow and making i just don't even understand why why do it because we already know how a story ends you know what i mean it's like right if you wanted to tell this story differently the time's passed for that now i don't know i just I don't want to get into it, but uh, yeah, I think this, yeah. Is, this
1: is sounding a lot like the stuff that we've said. Yeah. So I think we're gonna we have similar um, the same the, the same thought processes on it. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think yeah. I think
2: it's important to point out, like, not everybody gets redeemed. Like some people are just awful all the way yeah. through, and then they die, and that's just the way it goes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's almost like they're trying to instigate a nurture debate, and some people are nasty. By nature, they're just nasty. They're not taught to be nasty. They're just nasty. And don't you you can't give excuses. I mean, there's a lot of behaviour that takes place that is nurture, but it's given a lot of excuses. Stop giving excuses. It's not the case. Just let people be well, fictional characters be evil. Yes. Like, don't let real people be evil. Try to fix that. (laughs) Real. Garbage people need to stop being garbage people But fictional right. garbage people can stay in the trash
2: Yeah Absolutely I agree with you We don't need to redeem everybody
1: Exactly no. We really don't It's like not every book needs <sighs> okay. a romance either That's the Ooh Hot take on that one <laughs> <laughs> Every book doesn't need a what? A romance I was talking to somebody oh. once And they were saying what's the worst trope I was like shoehold romance Because not every book mm-hmm. needs a romance Yeah Oh yeah See,
0: I thought you. I thought you said because you cut out. I didn't get to hear what you said. And so I thought you said what I always say is that not every book has to have a happy ending.
1: Oh God, no! no. Which is all I like, also I like true. miserable like, endings as well. Yes. Everybody dies. Oh. Yeah. Sad yeah. face. Give me that.
2: <laughs> no, I agree. I like it.
1: <laughs> <gasps> okay.
0: Wow. What an what an ending to Would You Rather? That was wow. I know.
2: Goodness.
1: That was great. That was really. Let's we show clips around. Yes. Turn to the camera, back to the camera, and then dramatically stride off. Yes. This is what I'm doing right now? That's what we can all do right now.
0: But when you come back, you have to be wearing your horns and and your furs.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that might take a little while, (laughs) because those are being custom made (laughs) in the Himalayas.
1: (laughs) I just need to do some Amazon priming. (laughs) Give me 24 hours. (laughs) Oh, Okay.
0: Okay. So let's talk about other stuff. Okay. I've got... I I know that we sent you the questions ahead of time. And we asked you things like, where did you get the idea for this book? But, you know, I just really... I really want to skip ahead. Okay,
2: let's do it. To
0: the Ultra Bears. I want to skip ahead to the Ultra Bears and the Ultra Lions because I need need to know. I need to know why. Why? Why?
2: Okay, actually, I, I... i'm glad you asked um because i i do think it's hilarious when like iceland finds out that these ultra bears are just literally raccoons and she's like this is like an adorable like furry thief like what are you even talking about this isn't scary um and so okay so i worked in corporate america for a while um i worked for jp morgan chase in marketing and You know, right out of college. So I was jaded already and was like, this life sucks. Um, Although I worked with good people, like I had friends and stuff like that. I don't want to, but there's a lot of drudgery in that work. There's so much drudgery. And I just noticed that, like, people would infuse the language with so much heroism, like, you know, they'd say like, oh, we need to meet in the war room to figure out a battle plan. You know, I was like, we're talking about credit cards here, guys. Like, this is not, (laughs) we're not heroes. Um, But they would also say like, I'm going to need you to, you know, be the general on this project. I'm going to need you to play point while I run interference. Like the language would be so mythical sometimes. And I just started to think that like, I think there is a desire in humanity to be heroes and like to be these legends and to be up against like dragons, but yet the life we've created for ourselves, you know, we've taken ourselves out of the food chain. We don't really need, like, we can have a passable life by driving to a building, sitting in a cube all day, typing on a computer and then going home, which is anything but heroic if you think about it and so i think that the human instinct is to like build up what we're doing to still seem somewhat mythical and amazing so the idea there is you know the veritas they are hunters they are proud of themselves but at the top of the mountain there's really nothing amazing here and in fact the reason they're at the top of the mountain is they've kind of given up the battle against the real predators and now they're just you know So I feel like the Veritas, to feel good about themselves, need to pretend like, oh, yeah, we're still hunting bears. We're still hunting lions. And it's like, no, they're raccoons and they're bobcats. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, they would definitely, if, if, you know, when they see lizards, they would call them ultra dragons. And so yeah, that's an ultra dragon for sure. And to me, it's like, it's an ego thing to pretend that you're still a hero when you clearly know that you're not. You've given up the battle. You've given up any aspirations to actually be brave. There's nothing dangerous around, but you don't want to admit it. So that's where the idea behind like ultra lions and ultra bears came from. It's them trying to convince themselves they're still heroic, you know?
1: oh my god! Mm. it was delightful like i remember like reading that bit and then messaging amanda because she'd read it before i had and went oh, are the ultra bears raccoons which <laughs> is like yes yes the i was like that's just we're gonna miss uh, <laughs> and now i want one <laughs> thank you for appreciating
2: that it, one thing that i liked about that too is you know they kind of set up ultra lines and ultra bears and in, in a in a lot of other books, that would be a legitimately scary creature. And in this book, there are scary creatures. So if I was reading this book and I was like, oh, an ultra bear, like, what is that going to be? So I just think it was really fun that it's just literally a raccoon, which is
0: just not raccoon. dangerous
2: at all, you know? And and um, uh, yeah, that Adironday is exposed uh, for that, for kind of really overblowing what they've been doing all along in the Veritas community when they go hunting. There's no danger in what they're doing. No. None. None whatsoever. But again, okay, so I came from a small religious community and even that, it's like we would watch, we would we would have like, I don't know, there'd be like a Christian rock band that wasn't very good, but like everyone would be like, guys, this is like, if you like Led Zeppelin, this is your band. Like, this is as good as Led Zeppelin. Like, I just think when, when you've chosen to like take yourself out of, um, the the actual whole world there's this thing where you have to pretend like the things that you're stuck with are just as good as the things you've left behind and they're just not you know it's like this isn't led zeppelin who are you kidding you know that kind of thing But
0: this isn't led zeppelin this is a raccoon this is
2: a raccoon this is not a grizzly bear it is a raccoon (laughs) let's just admit what we're dealing with and you know what? raccoons (laughs) are cool on their own but don't pretend that they're grizzly bears because they're not no yeah No.
1: Is there anything that you were thinking of as you were writing it, as you were creating these non-scary beasts that you kind of thought, I'm going to put this in, but then it didn't work for the story or you really wished you could have got it in somehow?
2: Well, you know, I think that I wanted to, I did play around with the idea of like lizards and crocodiles and stuff like that, you know, because, but... It didn't really work because of the lack of water on the top of the mountain like it just i don't know i just didn't i felt like it was um it was too much but but um so i did want to play around with like lizards and dragons and stuff but i also didn't want to say dragons necessarily because this world is supposed to be really grounded in like our world you know and in mm-hmm. our world we don't necessarily think there are dragons around too so um mm-hmm. it was really supposed to be like Things that that we would contend with, and you know, mountain lions. So I, I live in California, and mountain lions and bears—they're they're around. So that would be something that they might still be talking about in three hundred years. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, and also, like, I was thinking it's kind of fun because sometimes when like a laptop is really small, they'll call it like an ultra laptop. So it is like, ultra can be something that's really small. So mm-hmm. I in marketing and stuff. So I thought, oh, it kind of fits. And I don't know. I just have thoughts like that all the time. Like, wouldn't it be funny if people were bragging about killing a bear and they actually just killed a raccoon? I just have. A weird <laughs> <laughs> So I'll build a whole society around.
1: <laughs> if if the mountaintop were, were were like you know, creative enough and imaginative enough to have songs around the me- in the mead hall, imagine the the stories that would tell. If, defeating the ultra bear
2: exactly you know a horde of them you know
1: yeah, yeah. And to be yeah. fair i've seen those pictures yeah. on the internet of the whole of all of the raccoons at night with the glowy eyes and they are creepy they
2: are they so be a
1: lot of them together <laughs> could... but you you could just you could
0: just kick them and they would go away yeah. Yeah. just sh- <laughs> just gently shoo them
1: and they will leave shoo them. exactly yeah <laughs> Imagine yeah. what they would think, though, if they'd, like, you know, gone down below and then see gone into a museum and seen a skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex or something. They'd be like, you think that's an Ultra Beast? Check this out. Yes, no, exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh,
0: I just love them so much. <laughs> um <Okay. laughs> Yeah. Just, like, you need you need applause no, thank you. For, the, for the ultra
1: bears
2: maybe that'll be an offshoot series of books just ultra bears you know just uh,
1: you need, i can see the comics you it'd need have to do it. comics
2: yeah absolutely Sa- saturday morning cartoons it'd be really good, good.
1: <laughs> but it could okay. be from the ultra bears perspective <laughs> and they're like should we go up the mountain should we go and freak them out the mountain yeah <laughs>
2: Actually, from, an, from an ultra bears perspective it's a pretty terrifying world if there's a bunch of humans just like out to kill you all the time It's yeah, true i'd watch it that'd be great <laughs>
1: it's it's like it's like that a house on the neighborhood that's creepy that's a creepy haunted house and yeah. except the ultra bears are going to go knock on the the mountains uh, the the, the mountain top and like hello with the ultra bears and just to make everybody go screaming
2: but you know so this is what the ultra the ultra bears quest would be they'd find out like oh my goodness they'd they'd have to go down below themselves and get a grizzly bear to come back with them and fight the humans that's what the ultra bears quest would have to be like wearing caps looking fabulous
1: staging the coup
2: yeah there's another coup
1: coup. (laughs) i'm siding with the ultra bears
2: this town has so many coups going on at one time that it can't even keep up with them all.
1: Yeah, but once so the ultra bears great. are instilled as the as as the the, the, the high council, the true or, leaders, the true <laughs> leaders, <laughs> leaders
2: from the are the ultra bears. It's
1: fine. I think I think we've got this week's fan fiction.
2: I like it. If anybody wants to write that, I would read it and prove it.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm, just, it's gonna, I'm We're gonna make this canon. It. <laughs>
1: it's <laughs> so
2: good. For sure.
0: okay thank you for thank you for like you know quenching my thirst with the ultra bears like i really needed it needed to happen i really needed to know and now i feel satisfied
2: awesome yeah well
0: so now we should talk about other stuff like is this is this like a fictional place or did you have a real like you know, a city that, that we're familiar with in your mind when you wrote it?
2: Yeah. So I'm not incredibly strict about it. So like, if someone's like, actually, you know, this is blah, blah, blah. I don't want to have to deal with that. But in my mind, yes, it's all. Mountaintop is a mountain called Mount Baldy here near Los Angeles. Um, The ground city is Los Angeles. Yeah. This is Southern (laughs) California. This is the West coast of North America. Um, The second book takes place in the desert. So it's more like the Vegas Mojave area or a lot of it's in the desert. So yeah, in my mind, just, so I used to live in Pennsylvania. I moved out here to California. I found the mountains to be very, like I'm still just wowed by them, very exotic in some ways. And so, um, and also like, I never once when I lived in Pennsylvania thought about where water was coming from or if there was ever a chance there wouldn't be water. But in California, like, People think about it and talk about it all the time and whenever I see whenever I'm here and I see like a pond or a stream or a river I'm like where's that water coming from because you have to really wonder about it here and Mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania it's like I grew up near a stream that I loved and I was like of course there's a stream you know I never even thought where water comes from and stuff like that so yeah to answer your question it is very clearly in my mind like California like when they when they Dive under the water in the drowned city and go into this Coliseum to find the masks. Like that's the USC Coliseum that USC football plays in. Like, um, I just did have this general kind of mind map of, of it, but in this world, like, um, actually not because of climate change, you'll find out in the second book, but just because of some other things that happen, the coast is flooded like all the way past L, like LA is the drowned city. So LA is pretty far out into the ocean. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, for sure, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely based on a real place. And also, to give you a little hint of what's happening later in the series, is this is what's going on in North America. What's going on in Europe and China and Africa during all this time? There's a that's a very that there's some stuff to be discovered there, as well. That's not in book two, but that'll happen in. I'm mean, the book that I'm working on right now is kind of a story based on um, in that time period but it's in china or in what's going on in china and then books three and four of this series will be more about those different factions having to mix and clash
1: that's really interesting because while you're reading the book you don't ever think there's any other part of the world you just think there's this mountaintop and this down below it wasn't really until the sections where you found out what the threat below is—the creation of them—which was excellent. I absolutely adored that, like flashback scene. It's one of my favorite scenes in the entire book. And if we had an entire book that was just that, I'd have been very satisfied. I got, um, I got major Planet of the Apes feels from it. If I'm honest, like as I was listening to it, I felt like it was almost from Caesar's perspective. Yeah. Um, that's that. That's how I understood like the evolution. That's how my brain worked for it. That was like you know equating it to that, um, and I never thought once I was like, hang on, this is obviously set on Earth. It's set like now almost. You know, it's it, it's contemporary to me. But and I didn't think well if this is contemporary to me and this is set and I got California feels from it probably because I read your bio and found that you were living in California, so I, I placed it there. Um, And I never thought there was like the rest of the world, almost that it was all underwater and there was just this mountaintop left and just this wasteland dystopia. And this was the only bits of civilization. I never considered that. You never, well, I suppose you never do when you're talking about dystopian futures, that there's other parts of the world and other things going on and there could be major conflicts.
2: No, exactly. And and it's because the first book is written very much from the perspective of Iceland and the people who live in Mountaintop and then also the creatures who live below. And from their perspective, there is no one else. And so that's why it kind of grows a little bit with the second book and then a lot um, after that you know, in, a, in a pretty organic way, which I, which I like. But yeah, it's interesting because like the world is big. And so with these dystopian, but that's why I, I kind of loved... You know, I, I geek out over maps and stuff, and like seeing like the Hunger Game districts mapped to the United States. I'm always like, "Ooh, that's that's Louisiana. That's so cool." There is
1: nothing better than opening a book, spy your book, and then seeing a map on the inside. I know. Like, Ooh, I know. The I, know. I love
2: maps so much. So uh, I have a really fun time with it. I'm really excited that you asked the question, and um, yeah, I just I I just think it's really cool. I love the idea of like taking this very familiar world that we all live in and like spinning it a little bit in a way that we can all think, huh? I can kind of see that happening. And all of a sudden it becomes like a fantasy world that is actually very, to me, very intriguing in some ways. Um, like I wouldn't really mind living there. So, um, I mean, in some ways, I guess, I don't know how long I'd survive, but uh, anyway, yeah. So it is based on, it is based on Los Angeles, Southern California, um you know because i'm a visitor here just you know as much as anybody else so i'm constantly amazed at how alien a landscape it is versus what i what i grew up in
0: that's really cool i kind of i mean i don't live there anymore i've moved back home to arkansas but i i was thinking like is this like is this seattle yeah. this feels like it, yeah. it feels like pacific northwest this is it's a
2: west coast feeling for sure. yeah yeah absolutely and in fact, the whole idea for the book came from, and I skipped this question, but the whole idea from the book came from I love hiking here and I go on hikes often. And sometimes during like May, June, um, the what's called the marine layer comes in off the ocean. And it's just like a thick line of clouds that just make the mountains that I'm hiking on look like little islands where they're higher than the clouds. And I was, just could never get over how cool that was when that would happen. And I just, Started thinking, what if this is all I ever knew? Like, what if I never knew what was below these clouds? Like, what if for some reason people told me it was very dangerous and I wasn't allowed to go down there? Wouldn't that be interesting? And then I thought, huh. What if that was like, that's kind of like Mount Olympus? Like, what if the people down below? would look up at the mountain and just be like our gods live there so then i was like oh what if i was like what if we were the gods living up here and we were afraid of the people down below so that's kind of where the where that whole story the idea for the story and even like i guess that's a pretty major spoiler but even like the the major twist on the whole thing of how this world was created um came from it was just the thought of oh oh wouldn't it be interesting if i always lived up here i wasn't allowed down there and i was a god and i thought that was interesting so yeah. came out of that idea
1: it's really cool you <laughs> and can then you, you threw can in tell the ultra bears oh, well, then after, you
2: know i mean of course ultra bears had to make an appearance
1: <laughs> you don't get ultra bears in greek mythology no and that's a damn shame to greek mythology it's a real
2: oversight if you think about it
1: probably, yeah it really is
2: it's probably why their civilization fell they needed to uh focus on the ultra bears earlier. <laughs> <You>
0: really did. <laughs> oh man. You know, I just, I just had <laughs> a really good idea for what I want to do for my cosplay, for this one. If I if I get a chance to cosplay this one, and it's not, I kind of want to I kind of want to dress up as Thor, but like a different Thor with with the mixer or a blender. Wow,
2: you know that would be that's, such that's a. That's what I want to be. It would be such a deep cut that I would really appreciate it so much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to figure something out with that you need i'm pretty sure it needs to happen
2: you know i've worked with an artist to um i, I don't know if you've seen any of this but i worked with an artist to actually like kind of develop what iceland's wardrobe would look like adirani's wardrobe i should send you pictures i think you would dig it but i have not um, i've not done anything with the blender yet so i need to work on that
0: yeah can you can you please share that with me yeah, i need for sure I need this. Yeah. Actually, I I like the
2: clothing that they wear so much that I just wish it existed in real life. And I would wear it. I would absolutely wear it. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah. I need that. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'll send you.
0: Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it.
2: Um,
0: Okay. Yikes. Um, what, (laughs) what other, um, what other works inspire you?
2: Well, I mean, so it's interesting that you mentioned, like, Planet of the Apes. Like, I love um, a Planet of the Apes theme. I, like, one of my very favorite books, and this is probably not a surprise, is Frankenstein. I just absolutely loved that book when I first read it and continue to read it, like, revisited every once in a while. Love that. Um, I grew up reading a lot of, like, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien and just these books that, We're set in these other magnificent worlds that I just wanted to visit so badly. Um, And even like, you know, like, I I just think one of the best, I, I think the biggest gift that a book can give someone is, it introduces you to a different world, but also to a different like inner world. So I love how you just meet these characters and you get to kind of live inside of them and get their perspective. And I just think it's a really great way of expanding your own perspective, you know? So so like a book like The Kite Runner, um, which was about Afghanistan, like that book just like amazed me because I didn't know anything about that culture or, you know, and it just, I just felt like, oh, what a gift that now I know what it's like to grow up as a boy in Afghanistan. Like it, it mm-hmm. so I, I love that off, author and I'm, I can't remember his name right now, but, but I love him. And like his, all of his books, um, like, so, I mean, I've read a, I I think for the most part, what I really love is a new world that shows some amount of thought. Like the book that I'm reading right now is called the stone gods. And it's based like, I don't know, 150 years in the future. And they found another planet capable of supporting life. Um, and our planet is like pretty much used up, but there's just like so many little touches about this world that are so interesting. Like um, everyone's allowed to fix their appearance at a certain age, um, which is has all these implications for their whole culture, and a lot of them are very bad actually. Like, um, but they're and everyone's like very good looking, but like like they were even saying it's like a small note, but they were like, oh, you can tell this guy's confident because he fixed himself in his forties. Like he could have looked like a 20 year old, but he's confident enough to look like a 40 year old. I just thought, I don't know. I just, I, the things about like, I just love those kind of things. That that level of thought in a book just really excites me and makes me like pause for a second and think, huh, that's a really interesting thought. Um, Like I don't really read philosophical treatises or anything, but when people manage to work that kind of stuff into a story I really appreciate it because I love yeah. thinking about those things. Um, but I would say that definitely, like, even when I was very young, I read this book called My Father's Dragon. I don't know if you've ever read those books, but they're for kids. Mm-hmm. But it was like this kid finds out that that his dad had a dragon when he was little in another, like, magical land and then goes to gets to go to the magical land. Like, there's something so appealing to that about me that any book that, like, promises a different world or a mythical beast that's real i'm totally in just love it so much you know yeah love it and hunger games i mean like all these books are are good i'll read i'll read literary fiction too like i'll read just about everything um but i think what i'm best at writing is some of these things that very early on just impressed me so much with like that like call from over the horizon of like, Oh, what's around the corner? What's living over there? What, what you know, what's going on over there? That's very interesting.
1: Yeah. So. I, I like the fact that you've obviously got this absolute love and, you know, adoration for these mythical creatures and this, you know, made up world and just, you know, this fan- magical narrative. But then you have you yours is so grounded in reality. So it's like, but it's the twist. You're twisting the reality. Obviously, you know, Ultra Bears off to one side. Um, but just taking reality and just giving you that slight little manipulation, that slight little change. Um, because that's kind of almost like, it's almost like the when you're reading a horror book, the the, the, the scariest horrors, the ones where it's setting your own home and you can imagine the real world. You can imagine it like that. But there's that, those little twists that make it uncomfortable exactly. and that's where yours has come from it's 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 grounded in reality but it's uncomfortable reality
2: yeah yeah absolutely well it's interesting because i feel like i mean like so you probably very predictably like i love the idea of like bigfoot or loch ness monster and all those like crypto zoology <clears throat> i just love that and i want all of those things to exist and thrive and be very healthy in this world um But like, it's funny, because if you think about like a Bigfoot, like we see gorillas all the time. And we're like, oh, cool, gorillas are awesome. But like, how different is a Bigfoot than a gorilla, really? Not that different, probably. And if we knew that Bigfoot existed, we'd kind of just incorporate it into our world and just be like moving on. Like, oh, yeah, Bigfoot exists. It's like a primate, kind of like a human, um, kind of like a gorilla. And so I think that it's really fun to create these worlds where it's like, it's plausible enough that you're like, yeah, that could be, that could that, that could exist. And I I actually think it also, it helps develop in me this wonder of like, be appreciative of what you have. Like we actually mm-hmm. do have a really wondrous world. Like it's almost, in some ways it's like, it's as beautiful as some of these fantasy worlds that we're making up. If you really take, if you really accept it and, and appreciate what we have, you know, I think there's this, tendency to kind of take for granted what we have and want what we don't have. But, but actually what we have is so amazing. Like, so mm-hmm. I think harsh, like it's funny cause I've had people talk about the description of down below making them wish that they w- would go there. And part of me was like, well, other than the, like the Crothus and the onguin and the ruined cities, like down below is kind of the world that we live in. Like, and, and, but I, but I'm glad that that got through because that's kind of the joy of moving here from, Pennsylvania and being in this mountainous area that's the joy I feel sometimes I'm like this place is so beautiful like I, I want people to understand that so yeah I agree with you like it's just twisting it just enough it's just enough there's it's very familiar but there's a little bit of a difference and you're like oh wow that really changes everything
1: yeah
0: yeah to me it really felt like very not not quite like high fantasy but it felt very fantasy and then you're like oh my god no this there are skyscrapers and mixers and blenders not to keep mentioning the mixers and blenders but like no this this is this is where we are so then it's like oh my god no it's it's a dystopia society and they've created monsters the the military created monsters and now they're like oh well we these monsters aren't good enough for us so go ahead and kill them okay and you're like what no what is all of this like i thought this was a this was fantasy know, no, it's real, it,
2: it's,
1: real.
0: it's real
2: yeah some people are like this could happen i was like well <laughs> i hope not
0: <laughs> i hope it doesn't but yikes
2: you do feel like oh maybe it could happen so yeah i i i enjoy that I enjoy playing in that world where it does, it feels very fantasy, but it's also like it has its grounds in the world that we live in now. So I I enjoy Mm -hmm. that a lot. I enjoy looking back on the, like from their perspective, looking back on the world that we live in now and just being like, you know, again, like the commentary on religion, like I, they had a God with a hammer. Like what's the big deal about a hammer? Like who cares? Yeah. You know, or even like like, one
1: of those downstairs.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But even Iceland, Iceland, when she's seeing the world that, um, you know that sean Brathius lived in was like they were gods and they didn't realize it like i think that that's fun to think about like yeah um all the technology that we have and we take for granted all the time it re- they really do seem like miracles to someone without that technology
0: yeah oh when they when they come upon the record player and they're like that's that's recorded music this is a thing like is there a is there a full orchestra in there right. like yeah. no it whoever heard of such a thing and now to us it's just like yeah well i mean i've you know i can stream all the music that i want to what's the big deal but you're like no there's i'm sorry iceland there's not a full orchestra in that tiny cabin i know like, yeah that's that's neat That's sure. neat to think of it it's that. so
2: it's so fun to
1: think about it i agree i love it me too <laughs> Thank you. i like it i like it a lot <laughs> So what, you said you, you're working on a, a, a similar project to The Threat Below, a third, is it the third okay. book or is it an offshoot? So
2: it's based in the Threat Below universe. Um, but so The Threat Below and Gallery of Mothers, those are long books, right? Like 450, 500 pages. And so, and I'm I have a third book and a fourth book planned for that story. But what I'm working on right now, along with the third book, is more like a 200-page kind of standalone story that's just like sci-fi and fantasy, and it's basically what's going... It doesn't have any characters that are in Threat lower gallery, but it's introducing new characters, and it's what's going on in China and Europe. Um, and then in books three and four, some of the characters from this, this book that I'm working on now will appear. So it's kind of
1: a like bridge
2: between the beginning half and the, the second half. It's just a story oh, I really I'm really cool. excited about. I think it's a really good standalone story, kind of like a weird, beautiful story just to tell on its own.
0: That sounds really cool, and you're gonna, you know, send us arcs oh, of that, right? Absolutely,
2: right? Yeah, because send us more like, things, right? Need more, <laughs> need more ultra bears. That's what I expect all of the notes to be. When I'll like, yeah, <laughs> say, right. "Why aren't there more?" Bears? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it wouldn't be appropriate, ultra bear. It would
2: be, <laughs> it would be, but no, yeah, absolutely, I will, and I, I'm excited about it. It's, um, you know, the 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 normal like the standard series books are so long, and they take me a long time to write. It's kind of fun to write to write like a single story, doesn't jump to a bunch of different people and worlds and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah,
0: that's exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm excited.
2: Thank you, thank you. I mean, goodness, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. The feedback, it's, you know, so much of writing is sitting by yourself in a room, it, you know, hopefully if things are going well, enjoying what you're writing, but it's like, you know, part of the reason why you do, like, a huge part of the reason why you do this is so other people can get involved in that world and appreciate it. So I am so grateful for your feedback. It's, it's really gratifying.
0: Cool. Thank you. I feel like we do need to say though, we both, just so you know, yeah. Hated Iceland's guts out. Oh, my God. Yeah. We did not love Iceland. I, like, I loved how sarcastic she was and, like, everything that she's, you know, going through is is really interesting. But I just, I, I couldn't get past the fact that she was, that she put... Adirane down so much for believing in a god and then she just but but now I am a god like how can you be so hateful to Adirane with his beliefs and now you you're you're calling yourself a god it's the exact thing that you were just like talking to him about so that but to be
2: bothered us but to be fair she had been raised believing people believed in god were very stupid and then she got information which was that she was a god so she had to like change her opinion a little bit you know no, I mean listen, I love the idea of a, I love the idea of an atheist thinking that she's a god and, you know, filtered through a very young teenage mind. Uh, mm-hmm. But I get you know, a lot of people are very <laughs> aggravated by Iceland. I happen to love her, but I get I get the aggravation. And I would also say see what you think as the books develop. Like the, this is a starting yeah. you know, it's a starting point and she's a She's a very privileged person who's never had any of her beliefs challenged her entire life. So she comes off as very arrogant and condescending because she is. You know? She's yeah, she needs
1: and- a slap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she, she- I had to stop reading as soon as she declared herself when she was uh, saying, you know, taking the mickey out of his religious beliefs. I mean, I'm not a religious person at all. Mm-mm. But um, if you want to believe, believe. That's fine. Um. But I'm not. And the way she was there, I'm not going to take the mick out of somebody for having a religious belief, because I think everybody should be allowed their own personal, you know, mental spaces, etc. But then to turn around and go, yeah, I'm a god now, I was like, oh my god, I need to slap her. It was because I think it was just such an about-face. And it really aggravated. I think I stopped. And I must—that must have been another one of those angry old caps tweet, tweets, um, messages to to Amanda Gore. She's a god now. She's a god. I'm gonna slap her. I'm gonna slap her. And she's just laughing her head off at me.
0: Yeah, I was. And like just like we said earlier, like it—you know—it takes a—it takes a good writer to make you feel that way about oh, a character. Yeah. And you like you want to know what's going to happen to her. You're like, is she really a god? Is this actually going to happen? Like. What's gonna happen
1: in the next one? Oh, well, Amanda, go and, one. go and read the yeah. next one right now. Go and read the
2: next one. Slapped
1: <laughs> off her pedestal. But that's it, her narrative for me, and it was for me it was done purposefully. She's selfish. Oh, yeah. She's completely selfish because that's how she's been brought up to be. And she's so self absorbed that she doesn't understand that her words are hurtful to other people. And that's exactly how she's been brought up to be. And like mm-hmm. was said earlier, the scene with the testing and oh I'm the smartest. Nobody's beaten my score. Oh, look at me, aren't I so clever? It's like, yeah, I've got one more than you love. Ha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah. love yeah, Adam that. That was so satisfying. I so it was like <laughs> yeah well she she needs life experience she does she's she's the type of person i've met who needs life experience she needs to grow yeah and a
2: lot of the things that iceland will say like when she says to adorane like you know i don't believe in your god or like you know when she's disdainful towards his religion like to iceland it's as matter of fact is and just basic as saying water is wet like she doesn't even know it's mm-hmm. controversial she's just like well yeah of course I'm a I'm a um I'm a cognate I'm smarter than you like this isn't this isn't even like she doesn't even think oh this might be an upsetting so that's part of her journey is like figuring yeah. out oh wow like maybe water isn't wet like I thought it was you know like,
1: the water is yeah. poisoned
2: yeah maybe the, water, maybe is the
1: water is poisoned exactly
2: so I I think that it's um I get the aggravation with Iceland and I actually kind of enjoy it a little bit because she's very headstrong too. Like she's uh, and she also doesn't make a tremendous effort to take care of people around her. So I think that frustrates a lot of people. Like she, she can be really, um, she looks after herself. Yeah. She looks after Mm -hmm. herself. She does. And she.
0: But like, it's, it's so great because she's not like any other main character that you read you know like every other YA girl is you know she's like she's doing the exact same thing and she's wanting to you know she wants to make people around her feel happy even if even if that's like to her own you know her own detriment like that's not how Iceland is no. and now and now she's a god right. which you know it's, a, gonna- it's awesome but yeah Right. Yeah, exactly. Like what is, and and then it gets even worse because, you know, she's found this new family, which that's something that we love in in books is found families. So she's found this new family and then they're pretty much all killed.
2: Yeah. No.
0: So like, what are you going to do next? Right. Yeah. Yikes. No, exactly. So
2: And in the course of her found family being killed, she's estranged from her other family. you you know what i mean yeah so the other two people that she loves more than anyone else so i mean iceland she's going through some stuff for sure she is um yeah and uh yeah she she um she has a lot to explore and a lot to learn and i think she does i think in the second book even more so she develops more um i think it's interesting too it's just like it's a fun exploration of like what is the what is a god even like like Iceland so quickly says, "I'll be their god," and it's like, "Wait, hold on. Are you qualified? Like, how does that work? How can you just be a god? you just-
1: <laughs> your, your seven What are nah. you thinking? What are three strengths and
0: weaknesses to be a god?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: You don't even have a mixer or a hammer.
2: But I do think it's partially. Have you
1: fought an ultra beast of wood? Have you?
2: <laughs> She's an ultra god. She's just a tiny little god. Um- <laughs> 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 but but the thing is too i think it reveals like a certain amount of ignorance like she's she hasn't sound like she's some theolo- the- theologian or something she doesn't really even know anything except for that it's stupid and so sh- when she says she's a god she probably doesn't even she doesn't even understand all the implications of what she's saying where adirani does adirani's like oh hold on wait you're thinking <laughs> god- wait a minute yeah. they
1: just do not take her seriously which i love it's like yes okay iceland there they're there, but there, there.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You don't really know what you're even talking about. Oh, so this... you just, just go right on. Exactly. the condescend to her, but don't co- they're not co- the don't the not the condescending don't condescend to her. And it's like you say uh, a lot of the time, Amanda, when I start raging over like the protagonists and their actions they're taking. They're only teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Well uh, I remember being rabies. a teenager,
2: um, very clearly, and there were many times where I could maybe thinking I was a god in one way or another I mean it's such an interesting mix though because you're full of anxiety and self-loathing too but then there are just these moments where you're like yeah the world revolves around me and everything that happens emanates from me so I you know I think definitely with Iceland there's a lot of that going on because I mean she thinks all of humanity at the highest point in the world belongs to her family by right and by birth so how is she not gonna take that into all of her interactions you know
1: yeah. So Yeah. <laughs> is really bad and I, I mean this with all the love in the world, but at points, um, I kind of got an Alicia Silverstone in clueless feel from her. Like and I say that I love that movie and I say it with all love in my heart. But it's like, you know, when she's sometimes just sitting there and just twirling the hair and going, But I am a god or the world <laughs> does revolve around me. And when everything doesn't work out exactly how she's expecting it. She's like, oh my god, this 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 is well, I'm a god, but that did, that's not right. And then she has to do a makeover on somebody to make herself feel better and change them so they then work for them. And it, I know it sound, might sound completely ridiculous, but I got a lot of movie feels from this. Like I said earlier about like having Planet of the Apes in there as well, but I got like a clueless Alicia Silverstone feel from her.
2: Yeah, and... I I like that. It wasn't a comp that I was like working off of, but I enjoy it. I mean, I love that movie. So um, who knows? You know, you watch these things, you never know how it ends up in the stew. So for sure, maybe there is some Alicia Silverstone for for
1: sure. And it was... she grew in that movie as well. She yeah, she grew she from being a self-absorbed person to to realizing yeah. that you know the the world doesn't revolve around her. Yeah,
2: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and she you could make the argument <laughs> that she was trying to be God by changing, you know, the younger girl, changing her whole personality, you know, transforming her yeah. into a lovable creature. So maybe she, had she was, 40s. Yeah. She was
0: setting people up with each other. She was pairing them all. She was
2: she was Godding all over the place. She really she was. It. So this,
0: she was Godding this all version. over the place.
2: This is a retelling of. Clueless, if you think
1: about it. <laughs> but set in a dystopian future. Yeah. <laughs> with raccoons. <laughs> with with raccoons of water, with and ultra bears.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I really feel like that's a perfect ending. I agree. To our interview, it just it wraps everything up like so drop. nicely. Thank you so. Mic drop, indeed. So
2: fun! You both are amazing to talk about anything with. So I really appreciate that you chose to talk to me about my book. I really I yeah
0: thanks 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 for joining us we really yeah we really really like talking to authors especially when <laughs> you get to talk about ridiculous things and they just go along with it so
2: <laughs>
0: and they write it into their future yeah. books yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um now again thank you so much it's been really fun
0: um, so tell tell us uh, the very last thing that we always ask everyone is tell us um, you know where we can find you so our listeners can track you down and stalk you like we will.
2: Sure. So I'm on Instagram at Jason Seth Latchaw. That's probably that's where my biggest you know interaction goes on. I'm on Facebook, uh, but I don't really do much there, so I'm not even going to bother saying it. You can search for me if you want to, but it's not a big deal. And then my website. <laughs> Oh gosh, what is my website oh my goodness that's embarrassing it's jlatchell.com how simple oh yeah that's a very simple perfect. website um my books can most easily be found on amazon please give me reviews good ones if you want to give a bad review just kind of email it to me privately you don't need to publish that
0: um <laughs> <laughs> don't tell or just don't tell you about it at all no, I mean,
2: yeah 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 <laughs> uh, ideally um but <laughs> reviews are really nice to get reviews on amazon it's like impossible i have so many people tell me they tried to publish a review on amazon it didn't show up so i understand but um yeah and uh you know interact with me i love to talk to people about the books i love to hear people's ideas and share my thoughts so yeah definitely um reach out it's fun awesome Thank you so much. Awesome. This has been
0: great. Yeah, yeah thanks. Thanks thank you. so much for we joining us too. Time. We appreciate you.
2: Okay, thank you. All right. Thanks,
0: Jason. All right. Bye. 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 So that's it for this bonus episode of Fictional Hangover. I'm Amanda and I'm Claire. Join us next time as we discuss The Indigo Spell by Rochelle Mead. Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover themed merchandise, and become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book.
1: You can find us at fictionalhangover.com follow us on instagram at fictional hangover find us on facebook at facebook.com slash fictional hangover and on twitter at fictional hangover no er if you like this episode check out our others and rate review and subscribe so you don't miss out and finally special thanks to liz emerson for our music you can find her on facebook and patreon thanks for listening